Well, good morning and happy Easter, everyone. I am so glad that we could join together through technology. Uh, we found out from the CDC that they're allowing very small groups under 10 as essential services for churches to stream from the church. So there are three of us, each separated by about 30 yards recording this, but it's just fantastic that we're allowed to be here together because of technology on Easter. I have to tell you, this has been a tough week for me. Not only did, did the projection say that this is going to be one of the toughest weeks that we were going to go through, but once we started communicating with our missionaries around the world, we got a, a darker glimpse into how they're being affected. For instance, Avia, um, our missionary in Northeast India, two months ago came down with a fever, chills, couldn't breathe, went to the hospital. They had no idea what it was, and quite possibly it was COVID-19. He said among the poor there, COVID-19 is a matter of grave concern for the poor in a crowded country like ours. Jose, our missionary that was supposed to launch his church on March 29th, wasn't able to, obviously. Jose said, it is forbidden to walk outside the house. Panamanians are very, very afraid. In fact, a lot of us support children in the Mathari Valley of uh, Nairobi, Kenya. And Nikki Youngs, our missionary there, said, the thing that feels most scary is that the borders are closed and we are not sure when we would be able to return to the States, even if we wanted to. You want to know what's even scarier? The entire Mathari Valley, 800,000 people living in poverty in a one-by-one one square mile area. All the parents are gone. All the men are gone. By and large, all of the young women are gone. Kids are running all over the place. The whole place is run by grandmothers. Grandmothers with six, eight, ten kids in a little shanty. As one woman in the Mathari Valley said, only God can save us now. And so this week, as I was feeling the apprehension, you'll certainly understand why I asked our worship team to sing one of my favorite all-time hymns. And you'll understand why I asked them to do that. If you haven't heard this song before, very quickly, it's going to become a favorite of yours, and you'll understand why. Here it is. God sent His Son They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He Because 
Wasn't that incredible? Thank you, CCV Worship, all of our volunteers, singers, band members, people who are in the arts ministry, tech. Thank you so much for what you do every single week to bring us in the presence of God. Today I want to read the Easter story from Luke 24. It begins in verse 1. It says this, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And it says, when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all of the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away 
wondering what had happened. Now, we know what happened. You know, the first time I went to Israel, one thing that I was really struck by, by that I thought was incredibly odd, when we were standing on top the Mount of Olives, the place where Jesus was praying the night before he was crucified, we were standing there looking over the valley up at the Temple Mount, and I just noticed all of these graves, all of these graves up out of the ground, everywhere, graves as far as you can see. And I asked our tour guide, I was like, why are all these graves here? And she said, they're Jewish graves. And these graves are here because they want to be the first people who actually get an opportunity to see the Messiah. I didn't want to say anything. This was a Jewish tour guide. But the Messiah has already been there. The Messiah has come and gone. And you don't have to be buried on the side of the Mount of Olives to see the Messiah face to face again because we know, the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, how we're going to see the Messiah again. It says this, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so because of that, something happens. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have already fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, Jesus said this, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, right now in 2020, if Jesus came back right now, we will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the arch archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and after that, we who are still alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds and to meet the Lord in the air and so be with the Lord forevermore. And look at what, how he ends this section. He says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, translators, when they go to translate that last verse, encourage one another with these words, they're kind of not really at a loss, but they have a, they have a lot of options to them how they're going to translate that some tr people translate the word encourage, which is a parakaleo, um, like comfort. It could mean to call by your side and, and comfort someone that is grieving. But it also means to speak out, like with great excitement, to encourage someone with passion and excitement. And I think that if you were part of the Greek world and you grew up believing that when you died, you just sort of died and went to the underworld, and that was it. In fact, this is such partying news that Jesus is alive, and we will be too, if we place our faith and trust in him, that we at CCV decided that we were going to make our own TikTok dance video to celebrate Easter. So in fact, we had a little dance battle to determine who was the best dancer on the CCV staff. And so here it is, when people look back a thousand years from now and they want to know how CCVers celebrated Easter in the middle of this crisis in 2020, here it is. Wow, you can really dance. Wow, you can really dance. He went, he went. They said we've both been dancing all this time. What a coincidence. All right, so, so tell me on Facebook and uh, YouTube, 
who you thought the best one was. And be gracious, by the way. You know what? Easter is a celebration. Easter is a time to encourage one another with excitement. As the theologian N.T. Wright says, Easter was when hope in person surprised the world by coming forward from the future into the present. Encourage one another with these words, Paul said. Three things happened for us because of the resurrection. For those of us who have made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of our lives, and we want to invite you to be a part of our community, wherever you are in the United States, if, you were, if you're willing to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and he died for our sins, if you're willing to confess your sins and to repent of your sins, to turn from them, and to symbolize that commitment that you're making through immersion, baptism, you join our community and three things happen for you. Number one, our sins have been forgiven. It doesn't matter where you've been, it doesn't matter what you've done. Surely there are people watching. That would be incredible news to be a completely new person. That's what the gospel is. That's the message of Christianity. Our sins are completely forgiven in Christ. Number two, our present problems get smaller and smaller. I don't know if you know this, historians discovered a while ago a document um, which was a sermon which was preached by a pastor named Melito of Sardis. You might have heard the word, if you've been around church for a while, you might have heard the word Sardis because Sardis was a city in Turkey. It was one of the seven ancient churches that were addressed in the book of Revelation. Melito uh, lived anywhere, gosh, from 130 to 140. He died about 180. Surely, because of his connection there with the church in Ephesus, he was discipled himself by the people that were discipled by the Apostle John. In his Easter sermon, which is recorded for us, Melito of Sardis says this about Jesus. He who hung the earth in place is hanged. He who fixed the heavens in place is fixed in place. He who made all things fast is made fast on a tree. The sovereign is insulted. God is murdered. The king of Israel is destroyed by an Israelite hand. This is the one who made the heavens and the earth and formed mankind in the beginning. The one proclaimed by the law and prophets, the one enfleshed in a virgin, the one hanged on a tree, the one buried in the earth, the one raised from the dead and who went up into the heights of heaven, the one sitting at the right hand of the Father, the one having all authority to judge and save, through whom the Father made the things which exist from the beginning of time. This one is the Alpha and the Omega. This one is the beginning and the end, the beginning indescribable and the end incomprehensible. This one is the Christ. This one is the King. This one is Jesus. This one is the leader. This one is the Lord. This is the one who rose from the dead. And because of that, because he lives, you and I can face tomorrow. There is no problem that's going to come your way. Even what we're going through right now, that is going to keep you from accomplishing what God wants you to accomplish. Finally, the third thing that is available to those of us who place our faith and trust in Christ, our future can be 
secure. I got some bad news today from, from a dear friend and mentor of mine. His name is Errol Stepp. His wife, Rita, has been given six months to live. She was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor. And Errol was a church planter and pastor for decades throughout New Mexico. And he's been a hero of mine for a long time. Errol started a church in Madrid, New Mexico. This was a town that had proclaimed that it kicked God out of its town. And so you know what Errol did? He went in and planted a church in the bar in Madrid, New Mexico, in his late 60s. Now, if that isn't incredible, I don't know what is. I love that. And so, hey, CCV family, I just want to let you know, before our church started, while we were moving here to Pennsylvania, Errol went out into the desert in his van in New Mexico, went to the desert for three days, camped out for three days in his van for the sole purpose of praying for you. I believe in the way the kingdom works, many of you are here today because of the prayers that Errol prayed some 21 years ago. I'm so incredibly blessed to know him. Well, Errol had lost his first wife to cancer, and when he remarried, I invited Errol and his new wife, Rita, to come along to our CCV staff retreat. And he said, what do you want me to do? I said, just be with us and pour into our team. Give our team just a little bit of what you've given to me over the years. And so this is a picture of us bowling. And yes, everyone was wearing funny things on their head. And our team won, actually. We crushed people. And later on that night, we went back to the cabin in the Poconos. And I took this photo of Errol and Rita. Rita's laugh and joy just filled the room. I wanted to share this with you because I just learned today that Rita has been given six months to live and she's going into hospice care. But that's not why I shared that. I shared that because of this. Before she is going in, her, her people in her church, groups in her church, got together and formed a caravan. And that went through their neighborhood waving and celebrating with Rita, stopping in front of her, shouting and screaming and praying for her and celebrating with her, her life in Christ and everything that she has done, driving by and waving, and more important than anything else, giving Rita into the hands of the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Let's pray. We're so incredibly thankful, God, that Easter means that you are alive, that you have conquered death, you have conquered our enemies, and because you live, we will live too. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Brian Jones Sermons. For more information and to find similar articles on this topic and more, please go to Brian's website at brianjones.com.